Section 35 of the Uses of Diversity. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Uses of Diversity by G. K. Chesterton. On Monsters. I once saw in the newspapers this paragraph of which I make a note. Leprechaun caught. Great excitement has been caused in Mullingar, in the west of Ireland, by the report that the supposed leprechaun, which several children stated they had seen at Calau, near Delvin, during the past two months, was captured. Two policemen found a creature of dwarvish proportions in a wood near the town, and brought the little man to Mullingar workhouse, where he is now an inmate. He eats greedily, but all attempts to interview him have failed, his only reply being a peculiar sound between a growl and a squeal. The inmates regard him with interest, mixed with awe. This seems like the beginning of an important era of research. It seems as if the world of experiments had at last touched the world of reality. It is as if one read, Great excitement has been caused in Rotten Row, in the west of London, by the fact that the centaur, previously seen by several colonels and young ladies, has at last been stopped in his lawless gallop. Or as if one saw in a newspaper, slight perturbation has been caused in the west end of Margate by the capture of a mermaid. Or, a daring fowler, climbing the crags of the black mountains for a nest of eagles, found, somewhat unexpectedly, that it was a nest of angels." It is wonderful to have the calm admission in cold print of such links between the human world and other worlds. It is interesting to know that they took the leprechaun to a workhouse. It settles, and settles with a very good instinct, the claim of humanity in such sublime curiosities. If a centaur were really found in Rotten Row, would they take him to a workhouse or to a stable? If a mermaid were really fished up at Margate, would they take her to a workhouse or to an aquarium? If people caught an angel unawares, would they put the angel in a workhouse or in an aviary? The idea of the missing link was not at all new with Darwin. It was not invented merely by those vague but imaginative minor poets to whom we owe most of our ideas about evolution. Men had always played about with the idea of a possible link between human and bestial life, and the very existence, or if you will, the very non-existence, of the centaur or the mermaid proves it. All the mythologies had dreamed of a half-human monster. The only objection to the centaur and the mermaid was that they could not be found. In every other respect their merits were of the most solid sort so it is with the darwinian ideal of a link between man and the brutes there is no objection to it except that there is no evidence for it the only objection to the missing link is that he is apparently fabulous like the centaur and the mermaid and all the other images under which man has imagined a bridge between himself and brutality in short the only objection to the missing link is that he is missing but there is also another very elementary difference. The Greeks and the medievals invented monstrosities, but they treated them as monstrosities, that is, they treated them as exceptions. 
they did not deduce any law from such lawless things as the centaur or the merman the griffin or the hippogriff but modern people did try to make a law out of the missing link they made him a lawgiver though they were hunting for him like a criminal they built on the foundation of him before he was found they made this unknown monster the mixture of the man and the ape the founder of society and the accepted father of mankind the ancients had a fancy that there was a mongrel of horse and man a mongrel of fish and man but they did not make it the father of anything they did not ask the mad mongrel to breed the ancients did not draw up a system of ethics based upon the centaur showing how man in a civilized society must take care of his hands but must not wholly forget his hooves they never reminded woman that though she had the golden hair of a goddess she had the tail of a fish but the moderns did talk to man as if he were the missing link they did remind him that he must allow for apish imbecility and bestial tricks the moderns did tell the woman that she was half a brute for all her beauty you can find the thing said again and again in schopenhauer and other prophets of the modern spirit that is the real difference between the two monsters the missing link is still missing and so is the merman on the top of all this we have the leprechaun apparently an actual monster at present in the charge of the police it is unnecessary to say that numbers of learned people have proved again and again that it could not exist it is equally unnecessary to say that numbers of unlearned people children mothers of children workers common people who grow corn or catch fish had seen them existing almost every other simple type of our working population had seen a leprechaun a fisherman had seen a leprechaun a farmer had seen a leprechaun even a postman had probably seen one but there was one simple son of the people whose path had never before been crossed by the prodigy never until then had a policeman seen a leprechaun it was only a question of whether the monster should take the policeman away with him into elfland where such a policeman as he would certainly have been fettered by the fatal love of the fairy queen or whether the policeman should take away the monster to the police station the forces of this earth prevailed the constable captured the elf instead of the elf capturing the constable the officer took him to the workhouse and opened a new epoch in the study of tradition and folklore what will the modern world do if it finds as very likely it will that the wildest fables have had a basis in fact that there are creatures of the borderland that there are oddities on the fringe of fixed laws that there are things so unnatural as easily to be called preternatural i do not know what the modern world will do about these things i only know what i hope i hope the modern world will be as sane about these things as the medieval world was about them because i believe that an ogre can have two heads that is no reason why i should lose the only head that i have because the medieval man thought that some man had the head of a dog that was no reason why he himself should have the head of a donkey the medieval man was never essentially weak or stupid about any of his beliefs however unfounded they were 
he did not lack judgment he only lacked the opportunities of judgment he had superstitions but he was not superstitious about them he was wrong about africa but then to do him justice he did not care whether he was right he had got that particular thing which some modern people call the love of truth but which is really simply the power of taking one's own mistakes seriously he thought that ordinary men were a serious matter as they are he thought that extraordinary men were a fantastic fairy tale and he thought very rightly that the fairy tale was all the more fantastic if it was true he did not let dog-faced men affect his conception of mankind he regarded them as a joke the best as a practical joke but in our time i am sorry to say we have seen some signs of the possibility that such aberrations or monstrosities as spiritual science may discover will be taken as real tests of or keys to the human lot for instance the psychological phenomenon called dual personality is certainly a thing so extraordinary that any old-fashioned rationalist or agnostic would simply have called it a miracle and disbelieved it but nowadays those who do believe it will not treat it as a miracle that is as an exception they try to make deductions from it theories about identity and metempsychosis and psychical evolution and god knows what if it is true that one particular body has two souls it is a joke as if it had two noses it must not be permitted to upset the actualities of our human happiness if some one says jones blew his nose and jones is of so peculiar a formation that one may with logical propriety ask which nose that is no reason why the ordinary formula should lose its ordinary human utility this is i think one of the most real dangers that lie in front of the civilization that has just discovered the leprechaun we are going to find all the gods and fairies all over again all the spiritual hybrids and all the jests of eternity but we are not going to find them as the pagans found them in our youth in an atmosphere in which gods can be jested with or giants slapped on the back we are going to find them in the old age of our society in a mood dangerously morbid in a spirit only too ready to take the exception instead of the rule if we find creatures that are half human we may only too possibly make them an excuse for being half human ourselves i should not be very painfully concerned about the leprechaun if people had thrown stones at him as a bad fairy or given him milk and fire as a good one but there is something menacing about taking away a monster in order to study him there is something sinister about putting a leprechaun in the workhouse the only solid comfort is that he certainly will not work end of section thirty five End of the Uses of Diversity by G. K. Chesterton